Pragmatism, not idealism. Will not cry in public. Less chance of illness. Tires that rip in the wet. Shot of baby strapped in backseat. A good memory. What is up, internet? Now is the envy of all of the dead. Welcome to the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shahir Dowd with Too Big a Spoon, and therefore my anus is bleeding. Wow, you're just <laughs> jumping right in. We have a guest, too, who don't bring up his anus. Just only if you want to do I, that, that's you. I can bring up my own anus. You can. When, when yeah, right. when, okay, when appropriate, yeah. 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 Um, our guest today is uh, <laughs> filmmaker Paul Trillo. Am I pronouncing that right, by the oh, way? Yeah, 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 you're one of uh, 50% of people to, to pronounce it properly. All right, I'm on yeah, the right side here. Yeah. Uh, Paul Trillo and I are both members of the Brooklyn Filmmaking Collective, and, um, and we thought you would be a great guest for this because... Because you are a short filmmaker, you have, um, if I was to describe your work in some way, it would be visual panache mixed with good storytelling. Mm. Now, I I'm going to get personal for a second. Before you do, before you do, we haven't actually said what this is the only movie podcast about. Well, let's get, okay, let's, that's a good point. What, what film are we doing? We are, we're going to devote an hour's worth of conversation to a 16-minute short film. What? <laughs> called World of Tomorrow by Don Hertzfeld. There we go. It's like now, writing a 20-page essay on like a three-page like yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Not, I mean, you know, great if you're into it. Yeah. 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 And you will be. And you will be by the end of this. Because I think unanimously, before we even start, well, I don't know, Paul. I'm looking at mm. you just kind of shifty. But I think we we all like this film, don't we? Uh, mm. I don't want to say don't, it until mm. No, you don't want to say it. Well, like or love? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Well, before we before we do that, a little business up front. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening and writing into us. We Thanks, really guys. appreciate all your feedback. Um, please, if you want to write into us, uh, our email account is onlymoviepodcast at gmail. Our Twitter account is at onlymoviepod. We have a Facebook account which we you know check in from time to time. Um, and also, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes if you're uh, if you're into it. But I want to get a little personal before we even get into the movie. You have a lot of preamble. Have you noticed? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a lot yeah. of like before we get into the thing. Before that's why. We get that's into why it. this is an hour long. Yeah, yeah. we only need one minute to talk right. about right. it. Right. <laughs> we loved it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> but so, Paul, uh, I just wanted to, to explain a little bit about Paul and myself. Paul and I. The story of Paul and I. Um, Paul and I, again, a part of uh, the Brooklyn Filmmakers Collective. And we're we're friends, but we're not, like, super close. We, we no. talked a couple of times. I think, I think every time we talk, we share some sort of uh, similar sensibilities and yeah. tastes and stuff like that. I think like so, that. yeah. yeah. But so yeah. Uh, so the, Paul and I were chatting via email a couple of weeks ago, and, and Paul decided to send me a couple of pieces of his, and he sent me this one short film. Okay, films. Thank God you said pieces, and I didn't know if this was going to be a Van Gogh <laughs> thing. Okay, sorry, carry on. I'm leaning back. And he sent me this one short film, which is going to be soon released. Uh, and to stop me if I butcher the title, mm. The Irrational Fear of Nothing Correct, is yeah. the name of this short film. That's right. And, and before we go any further, it's a... It is a branded content piece, but it is a short film, right? Right. It's uh, it's you know, a somewhere in between. It's I mean, it's not, it's it's sponsored by a brand, but it's not like the film right. is not branded itself. Um, which it, you know, it was one of those like rare opportunities where like you know someone gives you a little bit of money and you get to do your idea, and they literally like don't question it. Um, That's great. So yeah, it was it was an idea I had. Um, like almost a year ago and uh, just kind of recently was able to to actually make it come true. So I, I, I watched the film and I went home and, and my wife suddenly noticed that there was like a, a definite mood change in me. <laughs> like I was, I was, and I was so pissed off at you, Paul. I was wow. so pissed. Well, I like, welcome I, to the show. I, yeah, I, I wow. was like, so that, that's what this is about. <laughs> yeah. This I'm is, getting back at you. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I threw a table against the wall. I flipped a, flipped a chair. I threw my newborn child across the room. Oh, yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, but the reason I was pissed off is this film is so fucking good. Oh, I was so, oh, wow. I was like, it's this thing I'm because humbled. we're both, we're both filmmakers. Um, but I, I, this, it's, I'm going to watch this film many times in, in the years to come. And I, oh, that's, and I, that's like the biggest compliment I think I could it, ever look, have. For it's, it's, and it's, it's difficult to do this with you in the room, <sighs> but this is such a, this might be one of my favorite short films ever oh made. Well, well, well. Um, and I'm hoping Holy like shit. 
25 years from now, 30 years from now, if we're still friends, I can do like a Lars von Trier five <laughs> obstructions with you and get you to remake <laughs> this film. Try like, to destroy the film. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, because, yeah, yeah. really <laughs> get it out of the right. It has to be it, like, yeah. <laughs> recreate the film, but with like in stop motion with your own feces. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And only one second cuts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I was like, I had to show it to Shivali and I was just so, it, it, it's that thing because we're both filmmakers that that obviously there's a part of me that is envious sure. of 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 how good this is. But on the other hand, I, I hope that I get across that it is it is all a matter of respect because it's so no, good. I'm I'm, uh, I'm very humbled right now. No, it's, it's touching. <laughs> so there's no. something that Shahir no, does. Shahir, yeah. as everyone who listens to this show knows, hates fun. Like he <laughs> right. really does. So no, I've, I've picked up on that. I've listened to a few episodes. Okay, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. So so to have his sort of anger aimed at you for, for talent reasons is probably the greatest compliment he can give a person. <laughs> it, it and I and so I'm uh, the film's going to be released when uh I believe February 9th. Look or look around uh, for it. Right. but then what what's your website as well that people it's can It's just uh, Paul Trillo P A U L T R I L L O.com so people can or, check it out. Or or also you can alternatively type in Nunya Biz, N U N Y A dot B I Z. It also forwards to my website. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> Nunya dot Biz. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I love the. I I saw the website uh, and I love the the eye chart. Right in the beginning. That's really yeah, cool. yeah. That was just like uh, I had no ideas, and I, I think I had the eye chart on my wall, and I was like, "Oh, there just do that." Done. Yeah, it's something I'm very familiar with because I've had to wear glasses my whole life. So again, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I mean, uh, the the irrational fear of nothing is not the only great thing that Paul has done. Uh, there's a whole bunch of commercials. The uh, truncated infinity, truncated story of infinity, infinity is yeah. amazing. There's a lot um, of like convoluted titles. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. they're they're all, uh, I mean, look, uh, just deflated praise, you know, like deflated on my side because I just. Oh, likewise. I, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say when, when I saw La Lotteria, I like connected with it like immediately. You don't um, have to do a quid pro quo uh, here. I, I know what you're trying to do. do. You're, no, 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 you're no, just I, trying to make me feel better, I, but it's fine. Because then he's just going <laughs> to talk about how people respect him and it's not going to go well I'm for I'm just trying to like balance this a little bit. I mean, um, <laughs> when you first got into BFC, uh, Landon, who, who um, you know, does some submissions sometimes, he's like, you got to check out this guy Shahir's work. I think, uh, I think you'll be into it. And like, so I, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a, a connection. I mean, enough like sucking each other's dicks, but yeah, like, you know. but I think there's like, yeah, there's so, a sensibility uh, shared, I, I, I guess. I hope. <laughs> I think that's yeah. clear. Yeah. All right. All right. We've done enough of that. Right. Let's move uh, on, on now. Let's talk about some but the other, but the, also because I think there's a, there's a tonal similarity to the work you do and Don Hertzfeld's yeah. work mm. as well. Right. Um, and so we're talking a little bit about World of Tomorrow. Matt, do you want to tee up World of Tomorrow? So World of Tomorrow is the, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, would, I was going to say spiritual successor. I don't think that's true. It's just an, it's a Don Hertzfeld film. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix right now, which I think is very important. In fact, if you want, because we're just going to get into spoilers probably right away, because it's such a short movie. Yeah, 16 um, minutes, you know. Uh, if you, if you, you can, you if, can, you, if you want to avoid spoilers. Why, why listen to this and not watch the, I mean, exactly. go watch the film yeah. now yeah. and then like hit pause on this and yeah. come back. Yeah. There we go. So do uh, it now. Yeah. Did you do Wait, what song is that? I was dancing in the corner and the stuff was in the thing and then I turned on all the Netflix and I went to Donald's page and then I went and pushed the bus and I saw a bunch of stick figures and they went and talked about some esoteric things about life. Whoa! Wow. That was good. Welcome back. I felt it. That was very impressive. Oh, all right, okay. all right. So we're, but but the it, it's also nominated for an Oscar this year. Yes, yes. and it, not his is, first, correct? No, he's won an Oscar before for Rejected, right? Oh, he, you, he won, no, not Rejected. Yeah, was he rejected. nominated or he? I'm he pretty won. sure Rejected. The, he definitely he holds the. Record. I was nominated. Sorry, yeah, yeah, he nominated. holds the record for um, Sundance shorts, like like I think jury prize like okay. he won like multiple Sundance shorts awards which I think most people like they go to Sundance they have one short and then they don't right have another short they yeah. go on to feature but he's he's had multiple shorts in Sundance and has won multiple times there which is a understandably so thing. and yeah. I and I came to rejected his first film that I really knew, noticed or knew anything yeah. about uh, back when uh, the internet the wasn't beginning. wasn't yeah. like, like the, known for video, right? Yeah, it was like pre YouTube. It was pre YouTube, hundred yeah. percent. 
And uh, I had it. And I like downloaded it off websites. That yeah. Were just yeah. Like, no, Here's I remember a file. That. Here's a quick time. Totally. And I think he was one of the first people that like had to like actively stop people from stealing his shit. Yeah. Because. Uh. You know, like that film was so widely downloaded. I yeah, think right. you can, he doesn't put it up online now, but it's, you can watch it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I rewatched it after I watched World of Tomorrow. It's just, so good. It's yeah. incredible. I feel like it's, it kind of started a lot of internet humor too. It really yeah. did. Um, just like, like the meme type drawings. Like, silly, I mean, silly hats only. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like meme drawings where yeah, like, just like, like the, the stick the figure with the weird face. faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it almost looks like Don Hertzfeld type drawings like i feel like his humor like like kind of started like a new dawn of the internet in a lot of ways no 100 percent. and the fact that like you could it was one of those things there was a couple other just in my lexicon of things there was a um what's it called a titanic slash star wars mashup that some guy did does a special effects reel and got hired Mm. by lucasfilm and i remember it was don hertzfeld that and like maybe like a couple music videos, and I'm like, I got all the video off. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, thanks, AOL. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I remember in, in college, uh, my friend downloaded Rejected illegally, and he's like, "You have to watch this." Yeah. And I, I was like, I was kind of skeptical, and then because it was, just, I saw stick it was like figures. sick figures. Yeah. I was like, mm. but like I was like instantly like it draws you in. There's yeah. something he does that as soon as you hit play, like you can't. So, Turn it and off. I, I used to teach a film class in New Zealand and the the best way to win over film students, mm-hmm. like first first day is to show them rejected. You can't tell them your tricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's going to win over any college age sure, person. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, like you, t- you talk about the, the, the advent of the humor that really, you know, pervaded, um, you know, internet humor today, but it's also sadder. And yeah. there, there's a heart to his humor that is kind of much more pervasive. Oh yeah. That I think we that I think gets lost in the kind of the meme translation that happens. Sure. Well, sure. I mean, you're going off of. I mean, you look mm. at rejected or you look at this. Uh, mm. But like in rejected, for instance, like my anus is bleeding. That whole joke. Like, yeah. of course, that's sort of lowbrow. <laughs> but he ties it together with sort of the end of existence by the end of the whole fucking thing. So it's right. like it's just a weird. And a lack of like sympathy from others, yeah, uh, yeah. which that's like kind of what makes it tragic. Yeah. I am uh, a consumer whore. And <laughs> yeah, and now <laughs> bean curd lard or whatever the fuck was the product. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And this is I, I, I'm trying to think of like the. Do you have the IMDb blurb? Is there one? I'm sure they butchered. <laughs> I actually didn't pick up. I mean, look, I'm gonna Google it while you there's, ramble there's on to, to no kill synopsis some time. could really no synopsize no, no, the I film, think- but it's essentially uh, a future version of a girl named Emily comes back to show her the future, um, and you learn that um, everyone in the future is just a clone of a previous version, right? Um, and how we are constantly seeking some sort of authentic memory. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the like IMDb that, yeah. is a little girl is taken on a mind-bending tour of her distant future. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I mean, sure. Sure. It's a very um, yeah, simplified <laughs> yeah. version of what happens. Well, you know, you don't uh, want to give away 16 minutes with it. No, yeah. no, of course not. And, and we're done. It's incredible, like, what they what he packs into to yeah. 16, 17 minutes. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Emily, uh, little girl Emily, uh, walks up to a little computer screen in the beginning of this film and just mashes a bunch of buttons very adorably <laughs> and it uh, looks like her whatever she's trying to do it gets hacked or time hacked or whatever There's you want to like call it. like an old modem sound. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold future Emily I believe the third generation clone uh, of Emily from the year 27 something or other I don't remember. In the what. future. Yeah, in the future. <laughs> I think it's 227, 227. years in the, in the future, yeah. Uh, uh, contacts her and just starts telling her a bunch of shit about the future. Uh, and then her future specifically. Her future specifically. Now, the thing that uh, really got me in the in the beginning was when they were talking about like I'm a clone of you. Uh, you know, in the future you're going to get impregnated, and an exact copy of yourself is going to come out, and it goes da 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 da. And in the beginning of this, before they really lean on a lot of the clone stuff, I didn't know if they were talking like if this was sort of an allegory, f- which it still kind of could be for actually having a child. Because you're making a clone of your a clone quotes yeah. of yourself that is eventually made to usurp you. I mean, that's the point to keep yeah. your sort of line together, and then eventually science just takes that and decides, ah, oh, you don't need to be fucking people. You can just <laughs> right. do it. You know, we'll do it in the lab. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting sort of. I, I mean, I know they move away from it, but it got me thinking about like, oh well, I guess that's kind of what kids are. Uh, 
<laughs> that's that's kind of how I think of my kids. You should. You know? right. I was like, if, if I failed in life, at least my kid can like you know like, like carry fix all your mistakes. Yeah, yeah hopefully yeah. You know, I'm gonna live vicariously through right. this kid. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think I think there's a danger with Don Hertzfeld of like taking his narrative too literally. Like if we spelled out. Everything that future Emily tells Emily Prime, sure. you know, the little girl, right. it's and, ridiculous. Well, it's not, yeah, it's it's he balances nonsense with like profound yeah. like yeah. commentary on things. Exactly. And so some of it you you should be able to like extract uh, meaning from, and and I mean some of it it's very clear what he's talking about, and some of it is pure nonsense, and it oscillates. Uh, it, it kind of gives both equal balance. Yeah, uh, which I think is what's. I think a awesome really, about his work. Uh, yeah. A really good example is uh, so early on, they uh, uh, Emily, uh, Emily from the future tells Emily Prime that they put the digital memories of their oh, grandfather yes. into a right. into a box right. and then uploaded uh, films and books so that the, the this digital memory could just digital consciousness could just watch over time. And then they and then she says, and then we downloaded letters that he'd been writing to us, um, you know, uh, within the first hour, even though it had been four years, four years for him. And let me read you one of those letters. Oh God, oh God, God, oh, oh, oh God. And that's like one of those absurdly hilarious, right, right. but equally painfully sad. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Well, cause think about it. Well, I mean, you, you want to live forever? Do, do you? Yeah. Well, I want to Highland. I'm, I want to go all Highlander on this shit. And like, I, I need to fight like other versions of me um, and go for the beheading, you know, yeah. for the quickening. I mean, I think, I think that's the, the conflict of the whole story is mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, do we, is eternity a good thing? Um, yeah, do, like, what happens uh, if if our consciousness continues on? And, like, uh, I, th- I think it's, it's for me, and we weren't trying to get too literal, but it, w- it was about what happens to, like, our digital identities once yes. we are gone. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, Facebook is a giant archive of our lives that's going to supersede us, and that's, like, a really kind of freaky thing. Of course. Mm. Um yeah, I mean, I was just reminded like a couple days ago, like you've been, you joined Facebook nine years ago. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, ah. And then, and then I was thinking like, well, what, how am I going to feel when it's, you joined Facebook 19 years ago or yeah. 29 years ago. And then it's like, holy sh, you know. Your yeah. pictures are either going to get way more boring or way more interesting depending yeah. on the lifestyle but, you lead. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's also like there's something like like uh, inherently like depressing looking at the the past. Sure, and uh, I think that's what I'll, I'll, this was about. And um, another moment they do that in this film is when they're talking about how how they're seeing how uh, Emily, future Emily, clone Emily is communicating with Emily Prime. Is they've figured out ways to extract imaging off of photons so they can watch any time in the past or something along those yeah. lines. Like right, the tech mumbo jumbo. But then they said. As it moves, as they get closer yeah. to their present, yeah. a lot of them watching the past is just watching people watch right. the past. And it's yeah. just like recursive image, like yeah. going back infinitely. And that you know? goes to what you were saying. And also uh, you were saying like a Facebook type thing when it was talking about like watching, like watching videos of people watching things. It took me to YouTube. Like I went straight into my brain. I was like, oh, well, I'm watching people either have reactions to things or I'm watching people play video games. And I'm like, what? Like, we're literally just watching people watch stuff, and now I, that's the norm. I, you know, like, it's oddly, this. <laughs> I remember um, the book Jurassic Park, and uh, there's a quote from Malcolm uh, Malcolm's character in there where he talks about how societies develop more fully when, when left in isolation. And, and the problem of the internet is that, is that cohesion be- between societies means that individual societies, individual cultures don't develop as, as quickly as they could or, or with as much, with as much um, technological development as they could. It was, it's just, a, it's just a, a singular theory about, about uh, the way in which information is shared. Sure. And the thing about, the thing about uh, you know what you were talking about with Facebook and looking back at this digital archive of yourself is that it is on the one hand, you know, for some people it's great because it's like this 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 live photo album which has you know which is dynamic which it's you know a giant scrapbook, but on the other hand it's also kind of like a measurement of it's like a truth measurement about your life, you know, like, you know, your brain has always been about like, oh, I'm living this exciting life and I do all these things. And then when you look back at Facebook, you're like, I spent a lot of time on Facebook looking at like, you know, taking selfies of bullshit things. Right. And, 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 and and that moment in world of tomorrow, when it, when, 
when they talk about this, rec the recursive nature of technology is kind of like, you know, like the way in which our digital selves have become this, I don't know, self-masturbatory, you know, like. It's your highlight reel. It's that's your all, highlight. That's all. But it's also bullshit, you know, because all yeah. it becomes is us watching things. Well, spoiler alert, most highlight reels are bullshit <laughs> yeah. because they've cut out all the 80% yeah. of bad and made you look really good. But without it, like, if there was no highlight reel, would we develop much further? You know, like, that that question that I'm, I'm using this Jurassic Park quote from, you know, which is maybe not the best resource. Life but, uh, <laughs> finds a way. Finds a way. Yeah. I think um, also the, the the maybe the problem he's pointing out is like um, authenticity and and in identity and like you know all we have are these moments these highlight reels to represent ourselves which is like a very simplified boil, boiled down version of our lives. There's so much more that's being lost uh, with death. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of what the the journey of like the Emily from the future character. Um, is going through is trying to g go back to an authentic memory right. um, that Emily Prime, the the little girl Emily, the original em Emily has, yeah, um, is like an authentic memory. Um, I don't know if I want to jump all the way to the end. Yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, but that's that's kind of like what it's it's about. And um, and yeah, all we have are these these like highlights. And is that us? You know, or is it? It, it does that like start to rewrite history does that rewrite the memory because you start to remember the photograph and you don't actually remember, remember the, the memory. what yeah. happened yeah and that's like like there's also there's a radio lab episode that sort of touched on this that like every time you remember something you're just remembering the, the memory. memory you're, oh. you're kind of like telling the story of the memory and yeah. then right. telling the story of the story of the memory the next time you tell it and it's sort of just being like kind of polished and glazed and laminated each time and it gets fuzzier and fuzzier um, it's the yeah. same reason why, I mean, this is, uh, I, I don't know why my brain went here, but this isn't exactly touched on the film, but when you do, when you have this memory of a memory of a memory, it's the same reason why a lot of times either when people in your life have passed away or you've lost track, even lost track, it doesn't, they don't have to die. Yeah. But like, maybe there's like a shithead back in the day in high school that like you hung out in with. In which case they should have died. And gotten in trouble <laughs> or something like that. And as you get older, you just like remember that really funny thing they did in the cafeteria. You don't remember like them being an asshole. Like you, sure. you have a way of sort of sugarcoating your entire existence being like, oh, this was, remember the awesome stuff? Which is interesting because short term wise, your brain does the exact opposite. If you're in line at a store and the line's going slow, you're like, right. I always pick the fucking slowest right, line. Right. It's not true. You just think you remember that you always pick the slowest line in a weird sort of like trying to make your life be as efficient as possible. <laughs> so long term sweetens and short term, in my opinion, seems to. Uh, it's, it's funny because I uh, after watching this, I decided to go back and watch um, Hertzfeld's feature film, which is only 62 minutes and it's on Netflix as well. It's called uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day. Yeah, I, I, I watched it uh, a while ago, but I was high. So it's a, uh, probably a good way stick, to watch it. That's a good way to watch like, it. I remember thoroughly enjoying it. It's that one uh, from my foggy memory was a lot more sad, I think. Yeah, it's a lot sad. And the, and the thing is, it's about. I mean the or melancholic the, maybe. Yeah, it's and I kind I, I kind of feel like it's about someone going through, and I don't know if this is completely accurate, but it feels like someone going through Alzheimer's or dementia, mm. and, and like trying to to hold on to memories, and and they only hold, they seem to only hold on to like the negative memories, and so it's interesting that the you know, world of tomorrow compared to, uh, it's such a beautiful day is about, is. Well, I think that's commentary on like like digitizing ourselves though, right? Yeah. Like going back to what you were saying, we take selfies of ourselves like in these like like awesome moments. Um, but that's that's not really reality. Um so it's it's kind of comparing maybe sometimes what the brain does and 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 maybe what the brain is starting to do or or you know because of the internet and stuff. Um, it, it's strange. You know what what I find really weird is is the the way in which my brain particularly is becoming much more pockmarked. It's becoming much more um, difficult to grasp onto long-term memories. You know, like my brain is much more ADD now, yeah. I feel, than it was when I was younger and there was no internet. I'm not blaming the in internet entirely. I sure. But I'm saying like, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm like, I'm finding it more difficult to actually, you know, to like sit in a place quietly and take it in without trying to hold on to the memory you know, I'm finding that much more difficult. And 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 I think the thing about World of Tomorrow as well is that it takes this scattershot look through a digital life in a way. Um, 
And 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 all Emily from the future is looking for is this one authentic moment. Yeah. And I don't even think she's looking for the image of it. She's looking for the feeling the it captured. Of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the way it made her feel mm-hmm. safe and protected. Um, do it's, we want to give away what the what the memory is? Uh, sure, because I, I mean we could talk about that. We can go back and talk about the rest of the future yeah. and predictions. Uh, basically, the memory is of uh, Emily walking in, I guess, a park or something with her mother. Yeah, I think they're holding just hands? just walking with her mom. Just walking, walking with, with her, her mom, mother, and yeah, they see a rainbow. Good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's 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 kind of profoundly beautiful, given- simple, and like non, you know, relevant or yeah. you know, not really impactful to her life. But it's the simplicity is so beautiful because, like, you know, there were all these extraordinary things that. The future Emily is like talking about, but this thing is so like kind of um, rudimentary. Yeah, but but it, it's it needs to be captured in order to like live on and be uploaded right uploaded in those black boxes and sent yeah. to outer space. Like otherwise, it'll just evaporate. Yeah. Um, so and something that was very interesting, I thought about it was so think about and uh, I mean my earliest memories. I don't know, I, you guys can give your examples too, but like my earliest memories of a child are these most like the most inane things Mm -hmm. like like really dumb dumb things but i have such a fondness for them because of when you're young you experience a thing and uh i remember once like walking is i guess is a sort of similar like walking through the woods with my dad and my dad uh was like um i must have been maybe four or five and new hampshire there's just a ton of woods and things to do and i remember he had like a throwing knife and he just threw it into a tree Mm -hmm. and it stuck and i was like holy (laughs) fuck my dad's a wizard (laughs) and like i have that sort of memory um in my head now you take a memory like that you see someone throwing a knife into a tree now and you're like well i don't even if my dad did it i'd be like great (laughs) so like it's this weird like when you're when you're a smaller container (laughs) of things a child a child (laughs) you're gonna have this sort of sense of wonder on on you'll have more moments of wonderment than you will as you get older and i think it's a very interesting take this film does is like this clone, this future person who hasn't really experienced this other than a memory of a memory of a memory wants to go back to the source and be like, oh, fuck, like, I want to feel this because they can't. Um, And one other thing real quick, I was talking to a friend uh, this weekend about uh, about aging and about like how time, uh, there's a couple studies about like why do people as they get older feel like time moves faster? Mm -hmm. And one of the very interesting things about it was like when you're three years old, and on that third year, that's a third of your life. It's like, yeah. well, and there's like m- much more new experiences, yep. right? You're and then, and it there's in. diminishing returns. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and and then when you're 33, yeah. that year is a 33rd of your life. And you're right. like, oh, fuck, that moved fast. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I thought this was, this film did a great job at sort of like re- reminding you that these things exist and kind of wanting, at least made me think about that knife moment and think about like a couple other just moments of my childhood about like, well, that was when things were cool that were simple. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, and this is terrible just cause I'm you know, a new dad. And I think every episode from now on is going to involve some new dad story from me, Yep. but I just scared my kid for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like, I, like a prank almost. Yeah, I mean, I was like changing him and he was like looking at me and I did this kind of like, Whoa, and he was like, and the first time he kind of laughed, he was like, ah. yeah. and then I did it again. And he just like, the look of horror on his face, like, oh my God, what are you, you know, yeah. what have you done? That's your kid's first memory. And I was like, and I That's was going to stick more than the laughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like, and, and Shivali came in and grabbed him and soothed them. And I was like standing on the side going, I am the monster. And, <laughs> right. and she is yep. like, what have I done? <laughs> what have yeah, I done? Yeah. And I was like, and I'm just thinking about the way in which those, those memories, maybe because they're first, they're their first instinct memories kind of stay with you, you know, the first yeah. the first moments in life. The first time you're scared, the first time you're sleepy, well, no, you're sleepy all the time, but the first time you're... Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. You know, the first time you truly giggle or something like that. Um, and so it's interesting that Emily... Uh, Emily Clone Emily. Clone Emily is looking for that memory. In, in some ways, though, that could feel slightly disingenuous because... Um, if you think about what the um, what her final line of the film is, which is that um, uh, there is nothing more powerful. This moment is the envy of all that have lived. Yeah, no, uh, it was the thing I said in the beginning. It yeah. was uh, now is the envy of all of the dead. Yeah, now is the envy of all the dead. You could argue that Emily, clone Emily, who is conscious, going back to the source to try and find this one memory is kind of not taking her own advice. You know, like... There is the, she is. Lived. Well, she said she's incapable. At, at yeah. one point, she says when um, 
she talks about, I think, when her eventual, and we'll get to there, I know we're mm-hmm. jumping all around, when mm-hmm. Emily, clone Emily's husband eventually dies, the husband, the human husband she eventually finds, uh, mm-hmm. she talks about when then, uh, when she's talking about like keeping his memory and like putting it in an art museum and all this yeah. other stuff, when little Emily, Emily Prime goes, you missed him, you wanted, mm-hmm. you missed him or something, you yeah. wanted to be with him. And she goes, I neither have the emotional or uh, emotional, what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, capacity. Capacity to handle that. It was, uh, yeah. It, I don't know, it was something where she basically flat out said that she like she is not equipped whatsoever to handle whatever that was just talked right. about. So I but, think, but that, then the I think the the follow up to that was, um, but the sadness, um, yeah, uh, assures her that she's alive. Yep, she's, yeah, she said she's proud of her sadness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's proud of her sadness, which like reminds her of being human. Yeah, uh, which yeah, well, I think also goes to the theme of like searching for this authenticity, right? Where mm-hmm. we're constantly desensitized to, to what it means to be human, like through looking through these digital yeah. mirrors and, uh, and, and it's, yeah, it's like searching, like when we actually feel like a true emotion, it, it, it kind of stands out, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, no, 100%. yeah, I, th- I think also what's that memory just going back, I guess, yeah. to the end, uh, I took away from it was that was the, f- that was a memory of her mother. Like none of the other yeah, Emily had a mother. Yeah. Had, yeah. They were just herself. Yeah. Uh, so they, she didn't have a mother. So it was like the, it was like the last time her mother existed uh, was the, that memory. And it was also yeah. the last time that, yeah, the last time that uh, the person who gave birth to them was not them. Right. You know, like, so right. it, was, it, was, it was a completely different person. Right. I so do, there's, there's something kind of like powerful about of that. Of course. Yeah. And I do like how the clones eventually, have, there's like little ticks that the clones do. Yeah, like yeah. her clone husband and eventually. Like blink one eye. And there's a line about that. It was like. Um, deterioration. Yeah, m- mental deterioration. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. It's just that, you know, again, Almost every, you know, like th- this film is so jam packed with ideas. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched it, I was kind of overwhelmed. I was yeah. like, "Well, we're just jumping from here to here," and this, right. there's so many different ideas going on in this film that it's almost it's almost difficult to keep up. But I've, I mean, because it's only 16 minutes, because it's on Netflix, I've watched it three times since, and it's like each time you watch it, you kind of accept the flow of it a little bit yeah. more. And there, you know, there's that divide that that uh, Paul you were talking about earlier. The 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 purely absurdist, um, you know, like the fact that Emily fell in love with a rock or fell in love with a gas, pe- uh, a gas, fuel, a fuel tank, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus the the profoundly absurdist, which is slightly sad of the fact that uh, her grandfather said, "Oh God, oh God, oh God," all the time, mm-hmm. or that uh, the outer net is a sad, sad place. Well, yeah, it's where it's, they basically said the outer net, which is the, I guess, the uh, spiritual successor to the internet, right. uh, was where, you know, where everything was now. And also a lot of the lower class people sort of lo- lose oh, themselves. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the class discussion I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, like yeah, the upper. The, the poor people um, can't clone themselves <laughs> and like the, or no, no. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they have to like upload themselves into a black box. Into the cube. Right. Yep. And, yeah. The people that have the money can clone can themselves. Can clone themselves to keep yeah. existing as human. And something that hit me about like getting lost in the outernet uh, because you know you're you're poor and you can't afford to do really almost I I, I think it was beyond the black box thing. I feel like and I, I might be butchering this. Rich people got to clone themselves. Yeah. Uh, middle class people got to put themselves in a box, and poor people just sort of died and got lost. In oh, the well, they also did that hilarious thing, which is that uh, when your loved ones die, you can have their face stretched out over yes. a box, yeah. and which will like slowly animate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. animatronic box. Yeah. Um, but getting lost in uh, the internet is something that I know p- happens to people now, and that's without it being super immersive. Like, I I have this really, there was another, uh, I forget where I read it, but there was an article about how once VR becomes a legitimate thing and prevalent and, more importantly, cheap, mm. uh, they, they anticipate that drug addiction will go down and VR addiction, and will, VR addiction will go up because all right. addiction is, is you're looking for an escape from something. And right. if, and if, and if a technology can give you a more vivid escape than a drug, yeah, there, there's a Vimeo staff pick. Uncanny yeah. Valley. That yeah. I think that's film. what it was. It was Ooh, th- essentially that, that exact yeah. thing. It's very, oh, it's wow. really, it's one of those, you know, like, uh, 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 short films designed to pitch a feature film, and okay. it's, but it's it's one of those very rare ones that I think is actually a good short film on its own terms yeah. as well, and okay. it's a it's basically um, the future where uh, video game addicts are. Uh, are kind of treated in the same way drug addicts are. Okay. Yeah. Um, very, very cool short. Yeah. Um, uh, something else that I thought of about this movie, and I don't, I know Shahir, you're not, uh, you're not a huge comic guy. Do you read comics at all? No, nah, not currently. I mean, when I was younger. Right. Yeah. This was one, uh, this is not a, a super well known one, but in certain circles, it's called Transmetropolitan. 
mm-hmm. and it followed a reporter. It's not like a superhero mm-hmm. book or anything, but it was in the future when humanity had picture like the worst possible humanity that this sort of thing is that even World of Tomorrow is setting up. Uh, and everything is just fucking advertisements and insanity <laughs> and cloning yourself and putting your memory digitally into a cloud. Like the shit. best episodes of Futurama. Yeah, yeah. But like the darkest, take any like anything from Futurama and turn it fucking twisted. And this yeah. takes place in this, this thing, Transmetropolitan. And there was a thing like how even in that book, and there was something in here that uh, that harkened back to it, like they started having uh, commercials beamed to your brain while you slept. You breathed in a mist that had nanobots, and it made you like think about <laughs> Nike when you dreamt. Oh, wow. That's uh, <laughs> very similar to a concept I had in college. I was like writing a script yeah. uh, essentially about um, a thing that promised good dreams. You would never have nightmares. Yeah. You would take this, you'd plug in or, or whatever, but then subconsciously you would also receive advertising. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Cause it, cause it, you know, that's the, 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 the worst part about all, you know, I guess about living in a capitalist society is that in some, in every technological development has to be, has to be sold on the, yeah, yeah. 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 Commodified in some way. Or and so how are you going to make that money? Well, you know, we watch this on Netflix, for example, you know, like one of the big brands of the world now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, it, but yeah, so and uh, re- and rejected is entirely about that. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Uh, I, the thing about the um, the, I, the something we brought up before. So Emily, Emily, uh, Emily, clone Emily brings a uh, you know Emily Prime along to witness sort of yeah. things in her life uh, through through non budget time travel because yeah. they explained to us and I thought this was a fun little joke and it's something that I always think about whenever the movie has time travel. Yeah, is they never talk about in any other film other than this. You have to figure out the actual like. Like location in space of the you have to be Earth, like very precise. Yeah. Or yeah. else you're gonna get beamed to outer space or in the center the of Earth. the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I love that he brought that up. Uh, I mean, he just yeah, the fact that he could cram in in a 16 minute short film, he could cram that in. Yeah. Well, and that to me that was just like pure Don Hertzfeld joke. Yeah. Like yeah. That it didn't have more meaning than well, that. I think. Or maybe there was. I but think it eventually did when when they're on the hill and they're at the looking end, at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he brings it around. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but, but at the beginning, it was just like yeah. an absurd thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, a, it's I think the, the fact that the film kind of gets into like class structure in the future, you know, even though we kind of live in the, supposedly in this utopian future where, you know, the, the need for like um, labor forces is gone there's still this like, you know, absolute class structure in place that, that means that people, you know, the, the, the thing in the film that's happening is it's, it's the end of the world and people are beaming themselves, their consciousness up into space, except for the poor people who are like using a budget version of it, which yeah. like sends them up into the well, sky. They're, they're using it's, budget time travel to go back in time before yeah. this asteroid's going to hit. The yeah. Um, and it's, it's, a, a, it's an interesting, like last ditch effort to like continue humanity, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even though there's no physical self anymore, we, we still have this like need to carry on. Our souls yeah. need to. It, and it's weird. Cause if you think of a film like interstellar, for example, yeah. Christopher Nolan's right. film, and you know, like it, it seems like the, 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 the need, the, the, pro, the project to, to, to have the human race survive is very well organized and considered and it's like unified. Whereas this film kind of posits a, a, a situation which I think is much more closer to the truth, which sure. is that it would just be a giant clusterfuck. It would be franchise wars. Yeah, and yeah. everyone would just be going in every direction, trying every possible thing. And it, it, it reminded me, you know, I, I'm not sure where this quote from, and this is going to be the show of non-attributable quotes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we've all done that at some point I so know, far. I know. Um, I said, oh, sweet. Um, but the the idea that, I, I, and I'm, I'm not sure which industrialist said this, but the idea that that we would be, we should become a much more leisure-orientated cla- uh, society because of automation. Like we should be able to, like future generations should be much more focused on, on leisurely activities. Uh, and in fact, that hasn't come to pass at all with, with modern technology. It's, it's gone the exact opposite direction. Yeah. And I think this film kind of touches on that, you know, like on the notion that this is a complete, you know, we have the outer net, we're living in a world where cloning exists. So why is there no need for labor force? But there's still like this, there's still this class, you know, separation. That I wonder happens. if I'm thinking of the same guy that I, th- I feel like there was a guy I want to say from Florida. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he was like an architect and like philosopher, but he, he says in the future, eventually we will no longer need jobs. Yeah. Um, right. But, but is Steve like, jobs? <laughs> no. Uh, but like, yeah, is that, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think like humans are programmed to be like that. Like, well, it, it, like I, in an ideal world, like, yeah, we could just relax. We would be able yeah. to find a way that, 
where like our economy could let everyone exist and 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 we would have machines do the work for us and everyone would be happy but well it's kind of like it's kind of like the end of Wally for me in some way as well you know this idea that humans become this sort of gelatinous blobulous people because we don't have um you know the drive to actually perform functions and it's like it becomes an argument for capitalism in a weird way like like we need capitalism in order to 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 move forward but then it ignores the inherent problems with capitalism and well, I think I think I, I was going to save this for the end, but we're getting here now. So what the hell? Yeah. Uh, I think that's what this movie is about. Like it has all this future stuff and a lot. It dips into a lot of different pies, which we'll continue to talk about. But I think what and personally what this thing is trying to say is we they've made a society where multiple class structures of people can still just exist and not do work. And what what um what actually I thought was interesting in the film was when she worked on the moon, when Clone yeah, Emily worked right. on the moon yeah, and had robots. And the robots wrote latest, and, wrote poetry. Oh well, yeah, well hold yeah. on. So the robots, the robots uh, eventually they, like Emily had to leave because they lost money. They didn't need the moon anymore. So to keep the robots alive because they were solar power, Emily uh, programmed, programmed to fear, fear. <laughs> the dark side of the moon. So they're perpetually going to walk around the the moon yeah. forever. Right. So think about, think about it. So that way. So th if, if you equate humanity as these robots, all right. Mm. If if there's no more purpose for these robots, yeah. There's there there's no other purpose. So now they have one driving force, which is just, just to survive. survive. Yeah. So it's the same with kind of like humans in this thing with all the either budget time travel, uploading your consciousness into cubes, mm. or uh or cloning yourself. By the way, all three of these very viable cults for anyone to start. Yeah. Um, I, I'm saying these words and it sounds like I'm a crazy person, <laughs> but the. The the whole premise of it is, is like, well, when humanity no longer has to do anything, all we're going to be obsessed with is either continuing to exist or the good old days when you felt better. And I think I mean, I'm a strong proprietor of people. I mean, even when you get older and I guess I hope hope I'll experience this. If you get old and you have no hobby or no job or no drive or no passion, <laughs> you're just going to die. Like you, if you have if you have a feeling in yourself that you need to keep doing something, even if it's just for you, or if you're a greeter at Walmart or so, like something something that is relying on you, yeah, be it something internal or external, that keeps you going. Like David Bowie, like, yeah, <laughs> like no, David like he yeah. stuck it album. out to yeah. his album release, yeah. and then he that was like his goal, and he was able to disappear. Yeah, I mean, cancer might have had something to do with it at the time, but yeah, but, but no, but people like are able to survive like death just long enough to see certain things happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think, I, I honestly think that's kind of what this thing is, is talking about. And what I, what I, what I imagine Don Hertzfeld is actually trying to say is like, especially with the line that we've said before, like now is the envy of the dead. Like shut the fuck ever, like shut the fuck up everyone and just sort of live your life and actually experience it as opposed yeah, be to be present. Yeah. yeah be well, present. What, what, what was the, the line at the end about like, uh, the present isn't uh, satisfying until it's the past. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I have that um, written somewhere. Yes, the the we don't we can't enjoy the present until Til it's the past. It's, until it's a memory. Similar. The to thing about my, the my present is you only appreciate it when it's the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just talking about the robots uh, for a sec, which I didn't really know fully what to make of the first time I saw it, and I, I had to rewatch it to like understand that part. But um, I thought it was an interesting idea of how the wrote the especially the poetry how it's yeah, like poetry which is like such an unnecessary why do robot thing. work yeah walk but uh and it was like kind of like sad depressed poetry but but the levels of emotion emitted from these robots were on par with the the humans yeah. and the, the emotions the humans are emitting um if not like maybe more so um, and, and, the, and the capacity for robots to actually create art in the face right. of like no consciousness. Right. right. You know, like they, which, they still actually produce something creative. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to me, which meant like um, how we are sort of becoming more machine like we're becoming more predictable in our actions. We uh, all of our actions can be like analyzed uh, through our behavior on the Internet. And therefore, machines become more like easier to program because our actions are more predictable and we're becoming more like machines and machines are becoming more like humans. Yeah. And eventually that's where whatever singularity happens. Oh no. <laughs> that's how Google but, knew I wanted that Skeletor yeah. statue. <laughs> and it's already shipped in the mail uh, yeah. before you clicked anything. Yeah. 
I mean, the, you know, like we're, it's amazing to me, you know, again, why we're probably all responding to this film is that it prompts so much conversation. Um, but you know, like in terms of linear narrative, what the, what the actual story is, it's pretty much just a narration of a person's life. Right. And it's jumping from time period to time period to time period. Sure. Very, very quickly, very abruptly without much, without too much connectiveness holding it together. So, mm-hmm. so in terms of like narrative simplicity, uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty straightforward film. Now that deceptively simple. Deceptively yeah. simple. Yeah. I mean, the art style. Well, again, his art style, I I fucking love. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's it, if if like his is the masterwork of stick figure. I guess it would be what it, I mean. I don't know. Did you guys when you were younger like used to draw just stick figure type things? I. I mean, I, I was I drew fully formed figures. Yeah, 3D volumetric figures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew what shading was. Yeah, I did. I get into the red. But no, no. But like, did you ever do the thing? It was something <laughs> that I thought was just me, but I've heard more and more people do it. When you have like a giant pad of paper, right? Yeah. And then you draw a giant, like stick figures are still only maybe like a centimeter tall. And you yeah. draw this giant either battle or scene <laughs> with a bunch of stick figures sure. doing something. That was a childhood memory that I always sort of loved. And I feel like. I don't know. His art style always reminds me again, going back, it's triggering the memory in my head of doing that. And it <laughs> makes me feel, I don't know, very good. And helps me along with it. I, I think the, the reason he uses that style um, is to be approachable because his, his ideas, like, like we we're just saying, or yeah, they're mm-hmm. deceptively simple, but you start to dig into it. There's all this stuff underneath, yeah. uh, but it's in this guise of, of something being very like crude and childlike. And uh, I think in a way, um, showing like, look, anyone can do this. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing stopping you from telling like a good story. Like I'm just dr- like he's probably a better illustrator oh, than I'm he sure. let, he lets on. Yeah, but he's just showing like, look, like you don't have to be good at drawing to have like an Oscar nominated, hopefully Oscar winning. Yeah, animation. Um, I, but he's also, uh, you know, like when we go because obviously we're you know we're all working in the in the transition from analog arts to digital arts or if the transition has already interesting happened enough this is his first digital animation oh, yeah this it, is a digital although i would presume it, I, that the stick figures are still hand frame, drawn frame no but, by but, frame. but uh like on a, on a stylus right um, right but the, but this is the first time he because he's i think everything else was like stop paper. motion uh, uh film actually on paper yeah, yeah on paper on film so which this which is, is what led to some of the coolest effects and rejected yeah and, oh and, yeah you know like the where the crumpled, paper yeah, yeah was yeah. crumpling up but it but it, there's a there's an argument to be made for uh and this is an argument i i even remember michelle gondry saying uh on one of his commentaries about about the the ability for imperfection to give life mm-hmm. and there's something to the fact that his drawings are kind of you know they're they're completely imperfect for one you know like they they move and and it's something that like i think a lot about in terms of like the transition that the simpsons made from hand drawing to 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 being you know entirely created in flash right and it's like the ability for like the nuance of the animator to like come through the actual strokes of the drawing. And there's something powerful in this and in everything he does in like the way in which uh, a character can like emote simply by, you know, like the fact that the, the hair on their head kind of suddenly turns from left to right and like kind of wiggles a little more or something like that. And there's a pain to like uh, having to physically, you know, draw something frame by frame Mm -hmm. and, and it's and it's, it's not different perfect. kind of different kind of pain when you you know do 3D animation. And, yeah, or yeah. if you if you did it, in, it with keyframes, yeah. it's, it's it's not the same kind of organic feel to it. And and that that could sound like a little bit like a uh, an argument for you know a luddite or something like that, saying oh we should all just stick to like old technology. But no, it's, I think it, I think it's I think we when we were talking about hateful eight when we were talking mm-hmm. about film versus digital and all that stuff. I think everything has a purpose for whatever tri- story you're trying to tell. Yeah. One format of anything will be better for a certain type of story than yeah. another one. I and, mean, there's a, and there's a collusion between his storytelling and yeah. his, his me- voice. Yeah. And yep. his method of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's something uh, that he's able to do both style, like tonally uh, 
and stylistically with with his execution that just like syncs up so well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's beautiful, uh, and it's even even to the point like the the voice of the little girl. Yeah, it's little girl. her niece. It, it's his, his niece. niece. Yeah, his niece. Yeah, and and it's and her like you know like the, her her performance is so good. I know, but it never feels like a performance. Well, that was yeah. my question. I was wondering, scripted and I don't know, or unscripted. That's what I'm yeah. wondering. Like, if what if what if he just recorded his niece doing a bunch of different stuff and then stuff wrote something, and then wrote something it. about yeah. it because that's what it it feels, it feels so like. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that moment you guys mentioned earlier when he said where she says you missed him yeah. i was like i could honestly i feel like a little girl would say that or maybe he knew what he wanted the story to be and he set up things like showing his niece a picture of a butterfly so she could be like butterfly yeah. i think it, it was maybe some combination yeah. of both uh where yeah he wrote some stuff and then and then responded to some and then stuff. by the end he's like just say this yeah <laughs> yeah and it's you know like yeah I'm sure it's yeah like where you, where you've got all this material and you suddenly take it into the edit suite and you're kind of like oh well uh, you know it while the mic was off she shouted butterfly and so yeah, and I yeah. have that so yeah. I'm gonna like do yeah. something with that yeah. you know like that's re- um uh, one thing I wanted to talk about because I know uh, we got about ten minutes left one thing uh, we brought it up briefly but something I didn't quite know the meaning for and I had an idea but I wanted to pick your brains about was when Emily Clone is going through talking about her life she brings up. Two inanimate objects and then a little alien creature that yeah. she says she falls in love with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one was a moon rock, one was a fuel pump, and one was like <laughs> this weird hatched alien that could like Simon. That Simon yeah. who could kind of repeat what you said a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good rendition. Yeah. So I I was trying to figure out because I feel like I got my head around and kind of felt or was thinking about what he wanted me to think about when in other mm. moments of the film. Right. And and those those were the ones that kind of I I got lost in and I don't know I don't have like I I I have a theory and I'll tell it to you but I don't think it's a hundred percent of what he's trying to say. There. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It caught me off guard a little bit at the beginning. I I I mean I I thought it was like um suggesting some sort of like. I think with each object, it's a, an emotional maturity yes. to yeah. love. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes Right, yes, where yes. it starts with a rock, yeah. which is like a... You Sparkly know, rock, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like a random p- material. Yeah. And then a fuel pump, was, which is man-made. And utilitarian, and, it's yeah. a purpose. And then, then uh, it's a, an alien creature that can actually interact and speak, uh, but still not human, and it's like... A, Building up some sort of emotional maturity of love until you can actually love another human. Right, but but there's an interesting thing that happens, which is that she leaves Simon, you know, all of a sudden, and then and they they did they cut to the shot, and he says Simon was inconsolable, mm-hmm. you know, which is this sort of, I, I there was something about the way that was described, you know, like where, I guess she doesn't realize that there is a mutual love that 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 is happening there that, you know, right. like, because she leaves so suddenly. And I think it's resp- like the, the fourth one in that equation is the, David. is the David, clone, clone of, of David. David. Yeah. That, that, the, that she grew up watching and then suddenly fell in love with. By the way, side note, if you haven't seen this, which you should have by now, or I don't know how you're stomaching this it's conversation. It's ruined. Yeah. Uh, David yeah. is the, uh, it was an art project in a museum that she remembers when she was younger, clone Emily, which is basically a uh, cloned man from birth without like a brain so he has no personality who just stands in a tank and ages over the years and dies at 73. It's like the ultimate performance art. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and so eventually she meets an actual man basically cloned off of the David clone line and that becomes her husband, I believe. Yeah, or yeah. Until, yeah. He di- until he passes until he dies. away. Yeah. So, so what I, I took that sort of basically in the same way of sort of an emotional maturity sort of changing, but then I, I even was taking it to the point of like, Look back at the people you've dated. Like even like okay, let's go to high school. You probably dated which one someone. was the rock? Which one was well, the no, field? No, high pump? school. High school was the you, rock because you, you date go for people the people that because of circumstance or very like um you know convenient reasons, right? Or yeah. but I took like or, for instance, or base reasons. Shiny rock is yeah, pure pretty. sort of you're pretty. Mm. Gas pump is oh my god, you can do so much for me. Sort of like in a way. <laughs> Uh, talking alien who didn't really have any connection. Well, at least it's something that actually, when I say something, it bounces back like that. Right. So I've I'd had a relationship like in college like that, and even a little <laughs> Let's bit. Let's hope she's not listening, right? Uh, <laughs> and then like, uh, and then you know, eventually you get to a point where you're actually are ready, and you meet the person that you can actually have a actual relationship with. Uh, I guess that's what I took from it. And I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think that's a fair reading of it. I, I, I don't know if I, it's... I kind of gl- maybe, and this is maybe uh, you know a reflection of uh, a poor reflection on me, but I kind of just I took the the loves as more 
absurdist, you know, like the, the, the falling in love with a rock is more of an absurd thing. But I think your reading actually sounds more plausible to me than what I'm just, you know, than, than me just glossing over it. I also took it as, uh, as you know, how we value love, um, now that everyone's obsessed with their iPhones and oh, their, yes. their computers yeah. and devices, uh, you know, is that, is that not a type of love? And like, you know, like we, we place value on these things, like we value love. And it, that was like a, to me, that's kind of my initial thinking. I thought that was like, it was a little scary actually, like that she was loving these, these non-human things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminded me of um, Spike Jones's film last year, Her. Mm-hmm. You know, Which like I it, still haven't seen. Oh, you need to watch that really? movie. Yeah. yeah. What is? I know. Yeah. It stop. I know. All right. Let's watch. It's, it's that. funny though. How, like, not a lot of people talk about that movie much. That was any- my favorite film that year. I think it's 2014. Am- yeah, it's an amazing film. It seems so cool. Oh, my um, God. But but you know, like the the question that that film asks as well is that can love be reciprocated by a an inanimate object that might have consciousness, or is consciousness really? can consciousness be programmed or is consciousness organic, you know? And I think, and I think what you're getting at in this film a little bit is, 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 is love real if it's with a inanimate object? Um, it depends if it's that inanimate object is uh, smart enough to trick you into thinking your, your base primal instinct into hey thinking man, that you're real. sparkly rocks get, oh, you, do it for me every yeah, time. Yeah, you, you don't know? need the reciprocation, I guess. Though. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess that's how it. I mean, it also depends on what you believe. I mean, that's what jerking off yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you believe love is. If you believe love can only be, like, true love or whatever can only be something that you experience with another person experiencing it with you, yeah. then great. If you're thinking about selfish love, then, uh, yeah, like that Skeletor statue I mentioned earlier. I could <laughs> just, really- I'm really in love with it. And uh, If I- our sponsors at Amazon are listening in, please. Oh, my <laughs> God. Know, send us uh, some Skeletor statues. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that, that part was, uh, was an interesting was an interesting story. That was the one thing where I was like, it could mean this, or it could mean this, or it could mean this. Um, Out of curiosity, have any of you guys seen any of the other short film animated nominees? Not this, not to say, yeah, not to say that the the Oscar nominations are the be all and end all of animation. No, usually not. Yeah. Uh, I think I I don't think I saw the whole thing, but there was oh god, now I have to look at it. There it was like something that this older man had painstakingly animated by hand over many years. Uh, prologue? Tw- it's like, takes place like 2,400, maybe it's prologue. We can't live without the, the so the titles are Bear Story, Prologue, Sanjay's Super Team, We Can't Live Without the Cosmos, and World of Tomorrow. I think it's prologue. I saw <laughs> parts of it, which looked very amazing. It, From an animation perspective, but I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think anything, one of those, uh, and I think I saw the Sanjay one. I, I wanted to see the Sanjay one because because I'm Indian and I wanted to see like a Pixar. Yeah, in, that was the best aspect of it. Yeah. It's like, all right, it's, great, it's, like like let's show kids something from else. Another, yeah, from than another culture, just like a white kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But it, it's it's frustrating to me. Like there, and Paul, you've probably had this experience as well with like the film festival circuit for short films. Um, there's a sense of like protecting short films like like not showing them early like they can't mm-hmm. go online yeah, and yeah. i think that's slowly changing so the really frustrating thing is is that there are these five short films which are touted to be the best five short films of the you year you can't watch them you yeah. can there, there are sc- there are screenings of them and i'm hoping we haven't confirmed you, this yet that that matt and i will go and see the live action shorts right. but it is I, fr- ifc i know shows the, yeah the oscar yeah and we're gonna go we're gonna hopefully go and see and review the rest of the live yeah, action cool. shorts. let me know when you guys go I'd yeah, love yeah. To, we'd love to have you on yeah. to that um but but it's frustrating that this is the only short that is kind of readily available to for people to see. Yeah. And and Don Hertzfeld himself even like put it online um and and had it as a Vimeo on demand um yeah. thing for a little while as mm-hmm. well. So so it's 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 frustrating that that short films still have this like lack of you know the, if the one thing yeah lack yeah. of access and it's so fucking weird too because look at all the shit we ingest on YouTube now it's all fucking short, short form film, yeah like short films and short form stuff especially yeah. the highest these things that are supposed to be touted as the highest sort of echelon of the thing yeah they should be everywhere yeah yeah <laughs> I, there's also something that's like. The ones that get nominated don't have the access where there's so much like yeah. on short of the week. There's like amazing short yeah. animations that yeah. I'm sure are probably better than some of the ones nominated. But, yeah. But because for whatever reason they, they're accessible, like 
they're not as valuable. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really funny, annoying it, world. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because like I mean, the, the show, Oscars is an annoying world. Well, <laughs> well yeah. you know, like there's always going to be one Pixar yeah. film. I think Pixar just devotes like 20% of its resources to like making the Oscar short right, for that right, year. Right. And usually that's the one that wins. I don't know if World of Tomorrow is going to win. I read a couple of like review pages where they ranked all the, the best eh. animated shorts and World of Tomorrow is clearly the best one. Yeah. AV Club ranked it as one of the best films of the year full yeah. stop. Yeah, uh, I think I saw another article that was saying that World of Tomorrow is the best film of 2015, which wow. um I I mean, I mean it's it depends it's, on what you're looking for. If yeah, you're but, if but you're, it's some of the most provoking material. Yeah, yeah, of course. And if you're listening to this conversation, the amount that we've Extracted, gone into yeah. for a 16-minute film, I think would rival any of the other episodes we've done. Remember for like, when we did the Entourage movie? Yeah. We were having trouble around 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so there's that. So it's amazing to me that this film packs so much in. It's frustrating to me that there's still so little access. I'm glad this film was available on Netflix. Yeah. It should be available on YouTube yeah. or free access. You know, it is on, it's still on Vimeo. It's Good. still on Vimeo. If you don't uh, on demand. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, let's do our final thoughts because we are running out of time on this little beast here. So uh, Shahir? I mean, look, this is a, a beautiful work of art. Uh, Don Hertzfeld is uh, a personal hero of mine, even though it's a, it, it's oddly, it's a, he's a hero of mine in a genre that I know nothing about, have no capacity in. You can have heroes uh, like that. You know, and, and I always feel like I just, I wouldn't know how to make an animated film in any way, shape or form. Um, but he reaches, to me as a great artist, he reaches a, a level of the sublime that few people do in any medium. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this is no exception. I, I still perhaps rejected sits with me more because rejected sits on a much more base giggly level. It's also sure. earlier memory. Earlier right? memory, yeah, yeah. 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 Ah, much more powerful giggle. Full circle. Um, you know, but but the more I watch, and this conversation that we've had has turned this film into a more powerful experience sure. as well. 100%. Um, so, which is a good plug for the podcast. You know, if you're listening in, you need this podcast discussion in order to make this film powerful. <laughs> it's essential. Of it's course. essential listening. listening. We what? might be the only podcast. Well, we are. <laughs> this is the only podcast yeah. about World of Tomorrow. It's very yeah. niche. Yeah. Uh, Paul? Yeah, I mean, um, I think Don Hertzfeld doesn't consider himself an animator. He considers himself a filmmaker, 100%. which is a, is a <laughs> distinction, I, I think, that makes sense um what he's able to do with such simple ideas uh tools uh programs mm. zero money he's able to create a sci-fi film like on par we're mm. talking about all these mm. big sci-fi films yeah <laughs> uh and it's so crude. It is so It's basic. the antithesis of the, the Pixar of, approach. Yeah. Or, or the antithesis of Interstellar. Yeah. Um, or Prometheus. Not yeah. to say any of those are bad films, no, like, necessarily. I, you know, I enjoyed the experience of all of that. But, like, to be able to tell such a large uh, sci-fi film with, like, you know, very little what, what we consider, you know, sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, there's very little um, connection to, to other sci-fi films. Is that To me, that's super inspiring to be like, all right, well, we, we can tell, like, we can tell big stories. We don't <laughs> need, like, all these things sure. to, to, like, tell really big stories. It's really just about communicating ideas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, thanks for having <laughs> me on. I mean, tonally... I really connect to Don yeah. Hertzfeld. Yeah. Um, I can see that in your work. I feel yeah. I feel like your work kind of works in that same. Yeah, I playground. mean, I like I like you know <laughs> combining humor with with some sort of melancholic um, poeticness or something. Yeah, um, yeah, he obviously does it way better. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, let's give it. <laughs> <laughs> I need time, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope it wins, but it. Yeah, like, who cares? Like, like like all Oscar films that I hope win, they usually don't. No, so, yeah. don't. But also, who cares if it wins? <laughs> it or doesn't mean true. shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess my last thought about it is uh, is a lot of times when a, a sci-fi film uh, or any film really tries to get super heady, it falls into sort of becoming masturbatory for the actual process of making it. Like I. I, I appreciate a lot of things, for instance, Interstellar did. Yeah. I really don't like Interstellar. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of dumb. It, it, oh, it I, gets, like it I like me some point, Interstellar. And we could go to that. But, yeah. uh, but like, it, it sets up a lot of great, and again, it goes back to all the shit I talk about when you get so close to the sun and you don't right. stick the landing. This movie, and granted, it has a shorter time, so maybe that's the thing, but also Don Hertzfeld is just such a fucking smart guy when it comes to this shit. Yeah. This film forces you to think about a ton of complex shit you don't <laughs> normally think about 
all the while not saying, look how cool we're doing this. Yeah. Look yeah. how fun I'm making this for you. Like, it's just you alone with your thoughts about the things being presented in the film. And in that way, it makes you sort of, I, I related the most weirdly enough in those moments to Emily Prime. And at the end of this film, when the screen goes off and she's done and when she's almost budget time traveled back to the dinosaur, the pat, yeah, yeah, but saved. then she gets saved. Uh, thank God, because I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, this movie really took a turn. <laughs> um, when she goes, the last thing you sort of see of it before she's like talking over the credits is she walks off frame and you hear a door open and there's birds chirping and you hear the door close. So she goes and she goes outside. Mm. Uh, and I don't know, just that uh, the whole fucking package got me. And like you said, Paul, in such a sort of it's just he. He proves you don't have to have these um, huge fucking budgets and crazy, like, tons of team or whatever. He just, he can do, you can do this thing. You can tell stories if you're a good storyteller in any medium and they can be powerful. Right. So everyone should watch this. There's no reason not to. It's not like, I mean, everyone, if you don't have a Netflix subscription and you listen to this show, that's a weird combination. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's that's my thoughts. But this has been the only podcast about World of Tomorrow. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Uh, Last minute plugs. This is fun. Plugs, Uh, things. Yeah, yeah, please tell us where, I mean, look, I'm going to yeah. tell everyone to watch your film. Sure. Again, but uh, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, so paul at paultrillo.com if you have uh, whatever, if you want to harass me. Um, yeah, pff, at Paul Trillo on Twitter. And then I think I think um, the, the best way to, to view my work is just on Vimeo, vimeo.com slash paultrillo. Um, We'll have a short film coming out uh, soon, maybe maybe before the podcast, maybe after the podcast, called "The Irrational Fear of Nothing." Go see it. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think we we could, in my opinion, we could devote an entire hour to that film. <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> entirely unnecessary. <laughs> but but as there's parallels between uh, these ideas of memory and past and yeah. and uh, idealizing the past uh, that you know with this film. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was, you know, a fitting talk, I guess. For that. Yeah. All right. Shahir? Uh, you can, uh, as always, on my website, shahirdowd.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, for the uh, only podcast about movies, uh, email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or uh, on our Twitter account at onlymoviepod. What did you think about this? Tell us. Tell us and we'll read them and talk about what you think now. Please email us just like random Don Hertzfeld quotes like, I am a banana. Right. We'll take it. Uh, you can find <laughs> My me. Anus is bleeding. What is <laughs> yeah. My anus oh. is bleeding. We're all little stupid. stupid. I want your money. I want your money. We can just keep doing this. You can find me at uh, MatthewKroll.com, also Emperor MSK on Twitter, and Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram. Uh, guys, we started this uh, this podcast with the song, uh, the Radiohead song. Which one was it? Fitter. Fitter. Happier. So that was a very sort of heady sort of song, <laughs> and I think that's something that maybe Clone Emily would start something off with. Or the I'm, unhappy Shahir. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take it, and I'm going to, you're starting to hear it come up right now, uh, with, I think, Emily Prime, this natural little kid wonderment of everything. I'm giving you Andrew WK's Party Hard. Uh, so this has been the only podcast about World Tomorrow. Paul, thank you again. Thanks, uh, guys. And we'll see you guys next week. When we talk. You'll hear us next week. You'll you hear won't, us. We won't see you. Yeah. Unless you send pictures, and that's weird. You can digitally <laughs> upload your consciousness to us via email if you like at Ellen Movie Podcast. I don't have <laughs> the bandwidth. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So let's get a party.